There are times that medication and therapy don't relieve the symptoms of severe depression or another mental health condition, but other options are available. One is modern electroconvulsive therapy, or ECT. It's very safe and effective. And here to discuss this viable treatment and its benefits are Dr. Shahan Sipton, the Chief of Ambulatory Psychiatry at Bergen-Newbridge Medical Center, and Dr. Renee Compion, a third-year psychiatry resident also at Bergen-Newbridge. This is Wellness Waves, a Bergen-Newbridge Medical Center podcast. I'm Cheryl Martin. Dr. Compion, let me begin with you. Talk about today's modern ECT, what it is and what it does. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. But So I will just start off with ECT stands for electroconvulsive therapy, as you mentioned. And this is a procedure that is done under general anesthesia where you have a small current that is passed through the brain. And at the end of it, you have a small brief seizure while the patient is asleep uh, under anesthesia. And this helps change the way the brain communicates with each other. And it can help raise some hormones, for example, serotonin and dopamine, for example, with patients who have severe depression and can really be effective and quickly help them patients feel better. And it's important to know that the patients are not intubated and it is not invasive and they're under general anesthesia only for a few minutes. You mentioned some patients, but what are some other ideal patients for this treatment option? You mentioned those who are dealing with severe depression. What are others? Yes, so severe depression, of course, is a, is a very big one. We also have some patients who, you know, have what we call psychosis, some patients that hear voices or are very paranoid. They can also be effective in treating those symptoms. In addition, there are some patients who are severely depressed that do not want to eat or they're refusing to eat, and we can also use ECT in these patients. You talked a little bit about the initial treatment, but how long are the treatments? Are they coming in for just one treatment, but what time frame are we looking at? Dr. Sipton, did you want to handle that one? Yes, sure. Again, thank you again uh, for having us, Cheryl. So as Dr. Campion uh, just mentioned, a uh, few of the patients who are applicable to this treatment is not only actually involve just depression or psychosis, but in other cases, catatonic patient and also in manic patient who are not responding to medication. Suicidality is a big one, which is used like usually the patients who are acutely suicidal or chronically suicidal. This treatment actually helps them for coming out of that. As far as the treatment is concerned, the length of treatment, it varies usually from somewhere from 10 to 12 sessions. And it's recommended from various research done over course of time that usually 12 sessions of treatment three times a week, preferably shows benefits resolution. You talked a little bit about the benefits of this clinical intervention. Talk also about Compared to medicines, ECT works a lot more quickly? That's very true because usually the best treatment modalities which is recommended is pharmacotherapy along with psychotherapy. But that takes somewhere more than six to eight weeks to actually show some improvement. Whereas ECT, you start seeing improvement within days of treatment. And that's why we emphasize that 
in uh, treating depression or acute psychosis or acute suicidality. We get faster results with ECT, which is safer. And like the patient start feeling the response themselves within a few days to week. Can you provide even more statistics on the effectiveness of ECT? So if we look at all the research trials which I've done, we go back up until 1940s when the actual trial started. And now the latest trial we had is from 2010s and 11s. And we have seen at least 80 to 100% remission in patients who were given ECT treatment. Multiple studies have shown that these remission actually takes up to like two to three weeks to actually come provide symptoms free in these patients with ECT response. Resolution of suicidality is seen up to 50 to 60 percent of the cases where there's complete resolution of suicidality. Wow, those statistics are very impressive, but would both of you say that ECT is underutilized? And if so, talk about the reasons for that and what needs to change in terms of getting the word out. Definitely, I think this is an underutilized service, especially with the stigma around the society and how it has been portrayed over the course of time, with whether it's cinematics or the notion the public has about ECT. In the beginning era, of course, ECT was given in as a shock treatment. The word shock treatment itself is a has a stigma attached to it, was done not under anesthesia. A large amount of current is done, was given to the patient. But now with the more research and improvement in the procedure, a very controlled seizure is give, like is delivered with a very small amount of current and in a very non-invasive way. So again, I think with all these new development, this is a modality which should be utilized more often compared to how it, the perception is out there among the people in the society. Now, maybe Dr. Kumpian wants to answer this one. When a potential patient meets with you, what have you found to be some of the pressing questions that they have, the patient and or the family? So one thing they uh, usually will ask is, I think they, if you, as we mentioned previously, some in the society, they see TV or movies where patients, they're being shocked and they're shaking uncontrollably, and that's something that they believe is happening. You know, however, that's not the way it is. So that's one thing. That's usually one of the first questions. And of course, after that, they like to know what the side effects are and how many procedures they will have to have and what exactly is ECT and how many times a week they would have to come, if they would have to stay in the hospital, can they come in the outpatient setting? Those are some of the bigger questions that we'll get asked. Please talk about the side effects. Sure. So some of the side effects, of course, are, you know, as you, under anesthesia, you might have a small headache, um, some nausea after the procedure. You must, you might have some muscle aches and soreness as, you know, as you have, have had a little bit of a shock treatment. Sometimes patients can have a little bit of confusion. However, compared to the past, the memory and confusion is very minimal. So sometimes people can forget a little bit before the ECT of some memory loss. However, usually memories that were from a long time ago, usually those are not at risk of being lost. Sometimes, of course, people can have difficulty forming new memories, but it's been the new technology and the new treatment. It's, it usually improves and 
And so far, I think of all the patients we've done, you know, memory has been a small issue. Are there any long-term negative effects like memory troubles or dementia, Dr. Sipton? So usually the side effects of ECT, the bigger question which comes to our like attention when the patients are there is memory because people keep on thinking and that is going to affect the memory. Honestly, ECT does not impact memory in long term. Usually there is a very small transition loss of memory, but it, as I said, it's a transition, a transient loss and it comes back. And that's commonly seen with bilateral ECT. With unilateral, we even see negligible or minimal amount of uh, memory impaction or anything else. We don't see any dementia or severe consequences or see uh, sequelae of side effects with ECT in long run. You mentioned the initial treatment, and it could be maybe up to 12, but after that, how long is it before a patient has to come back? I assume that this one-time initial treatment is not enough, that those series of treatments. Yes. So there are certain percentage of people who do really good with 12 sessions of treatment and there is remission of symptoms that they become symptoms free. But then there is certain percentage of uh, population who need a continuation or maintenance of ECT. So instead of giving treatment three times a week, we usually taper it down to preferably once a week and then probably once a month. And that comprises of at least uh, four to six treatments, after which we see a complete emission of what we call in symptoms-free period. And how long would that period last, let's say, on average? So if I have to look at the actual numbers, people can go up to six months or in some cases year symptoms-free. And be on a minimal dose of medication or some, in some cases without medication. Is this therapy available for children, Dr. Compion? Not that I am aware. I would uh, like to answer that. Sure, go right ahead, Dr. Sipton. So, so as uh, for the children, FDA has not approved this treatment below the age of 18. It's only approved for adults for several reasons, as there has been no studies, any research trials. And uh, of course, as we discussed about the stigma, it's not appropriate to even do any research or studies on children. So it's limited only to adults for, for now. And at Bergen Newbridge Medical, is ECT available for inpatient as well as outpatient? Yes, we have inpatient and outpatient ECT treatment available for our patient population and the community. And I would like to draw some difference between inpatient and outpatient just so that people can understand it better. Usually for inpatient ECT, you have to get admitted in the hospital, get treatment three times a week, and of course that also requires you to stay away from your family, be in a hospital setting. Now, with this modern technology and improvement in the medicine, it's possible to get this treatment in an outpatient setting. That's you come on the day of treatment, get the treatment, and a couple of hours later, you can go back home. Of course, this is an add-on to like the treatment because you get to go home the same day can resume your lighter activities and be a part of your family and your 
be in the same environment, which is more therapeutic once you are with your family and loved ones. Mm, That's great. Now, does medical insurance typically cover ECT or Medicare? Usually, most of the insurance, including Medicare and private, they cover ECT. Uh, We have had no issues getting authorization to the insurance. Now, for your program, does a patient need a physician referral? How does that work? Not necessarily. A patient can request evaluation themselves. We have a direct line for ECT request. Of course, majority of our patients are coming through referral process because they are evaluated by their own psychiatrists who refer them for this service, but not necessarily that they need a service uh, referral for this. And this is a question that either one of you can answer or both. As you look at the work that you've done, are there, is there one success story that really sticks out that you, at the end of the day, was just so happy when you looked at the results as well as the patient? I honestly feel proud in the work I do because it's not just one but several stories and it's their personal life which is in front of my patients and they talk about it. And again, if I have to say one person who actually came in was legitimately psychotic and not does, not even realizing what she is doing and uh, was actually given ECT treatment in the hospital. And after first treatment, she realized what a difference it has made. And not only that, she agreed for the further treatment, she completed the course and the family was amazed at how she responded with the treatment and it was a completely turnaround in the symptom. Like, it works and it's sometimes I feel until you actually go through the treatment and see it for yourself, what a difference it can make in the quality of life and, and how it will improve not only your life but people around you. It's, it's something which the words cannot describe. Yes, I would like to add to that as well as the same case. However, there is another, as Dr. Siptain mentioned, not only the patient, but also the family. So I had a patient who was very depressed, and he was admitted to the hospital, and he had only four sessions done. And when he went home, his wife, you know, said he was a new person, and she could not believe how good he was doing. He had not been seen that good in many, many years. You know, and he was able to get back to his quality of life that, you know, he and she didn't think was possible. But, you know, they put their trust in us, and he had the ECT done. And it's, as Dr. Shiptain said, not only when you see the patients doing better, but the family, the children, you know, it's the greatest feeling that as a psychiatrist that we can have. That's great, and what a wonderful way to wrap up our discussion about electroconvulsive therapy, ECT. Thanks so much to both of you for giving us an overview of modern ECT and its positive benefits and for sharing those stories. Dr. Shahan Sipton, the Chief of Ambulatory Psychiatry, and Dr. Renee Compion, a third-year psychiatry resident, both at Bergen Newbridge Medical Center. To learn more about ECT, just visit newbridgehealth.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the podcast library for other topics of interest to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wellness Waves.